Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, here we are again, another, as Daniel has already said today, week six of uh, social isolation and not being able to meet together. We're seeing some hopeful signs, at least in our province of BC, uh, of the curve being flattened and a lot of good things seem to be happening in that, but it still looks like, uh, if all the information we read is, con- is correct, that's going to take some time before we're back to normal. Uh, no one really knows how long, but before we go on, uh, I just want to say a special hello to those of you that are watching from Princeton. Uh, We are planning to launch a campus there this fall, and we're looking forward to a physical campus uh, being there, but we'll we'll see how that goes through this summer, and I hope to get to, you will get to know if you're in Princeton, look for Joel and Alana and Jen and Praxis, and uh, they're just part of the team that's there to see things be launched in this fall. It's going to be wonderful, but wherever you are, whether it's in your living room, Maybe you're in your backyard, Uh, Maybe if you have a cup of coffee or whatever it is, it's a wonderful day. It's a day that we're so grateful that we can gather together uh, across miles and across distance uh, because of the great gift of the technology that we have. It's been very, very good. But um, we really uh, don't know what the next 6 to 12, maybe even 18 months looks like. I think our normal is going to look different. We're, we're coming into a new normal. And over the last uh, little while, I've been thinking about how will we come through this? How are we going to grow in the middle of it? Uh, that's what life is. Life throws all kinds of things at us. And, and how we respond is so incredibly important. And so last week, we, we began a series called Growing Forward. Uh, Because I believe that God would have us not to retreat in this season, not to go backwards in this season, but continue to move forward into what he has for us. We started in one scripture in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, and it says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear. What a word for today. It does not fear when heat comes. These are hot times. It, and it, its leaves are always green. But it has no worries in a year of drought, even an extended season of difficulty. It has no worries and never fails to bear fruit. This plant, this season, it doesn't fear what's going on around it because it has a, a source that's deeper that it reaches into. In fact, the hotter it gets, the deeper it reaches. And that's a really, a, I believe, a picture that God is showing us in this season that we have an opportunity in a season of disruption to make some adjustments that literally help the rest of our lives. And the pressure is on, though, isn't it? The hotter it gets, we have pressure in. If you had issues in your marriage before, well, hallelujah. Welcome to them on uh, high right now. College issues. What are we going to do? How are we going to look forward to the fall? Will we be able to, to go to college? What will it look like? Will it be socially distanced? All those things. Your kids that you're trying to raise and, and not... Uh, hurt them while you're trying to teach them, uh, fighting and, and bickering about that. 
I knew there was a time when uh, one of our daughters was having a struggle in, in math and I was trying to help her. And the best thing that I ever did was pay to tutor so that we could still have a relationship at the end of it. So maybe that's something for you as well. Um, all these kinds of issues, financial issues, losses that we're experiencing, and what we're experience against, experiencing against us is exposing what's in us. Let me say that again. What we're experiencing against us is exposing what is in us. This is a tube of toothpaste. Now, I'm going to squeeze it in a moment. Uh, kind of represents us. Most of us have a lid on our issues of what's inside of us all the time, but the pressure that's coming is exposing what's inside of us. Now, well, before I do, it depends. Do you squeeze your toothpaste in the middle or do you squeeze it at the bottom? It doesn't really matter to me. I know that there's someone that I share a bathroom with uh, that feels it's important, but for me, I don't really care. But when the pressure comes against us, when the pressure is on us, it simply is exposing what's in us. So this is always in there, but the pressure that comes on exposes what's inside. And so you could say, my kids are making me yell at them. If they would just listen or, or no one appreciates or so I'm going to withdraw. If I hadn't lost that important event, I wouldn't be so angry. If, if uh, she would just stop doing that, then I would stop doing that. It's the pressure. It's the person. It's what's happening. I wouldn't be so frustrated with my coworkers if they would actually do their job. My anger and my judgment at people interpreting health directives differently than me and the pressure exposes what's in us what we are experiencing against us is exposing what's in us it's not the pressure that causes the issue it's what's in us that's the issue in this case it looks like nice toothpaste but it's not always that nice and we, when that happens, we're, it's just the nature of who we are, isn't it? When something, when something comes out of my mouth or an attitude happens or whatever, I'm always looking for a situation to blame. I'm looking for you to blame. I'm looking for something that's happening around me to say that's the reason why this is going on. Or I'll simply maybe go the other way and I'll just try escape from everything that's happening around me, the difficulty. Someone said this recently, unfortunately, the stuff that I ordered online did not bring me happiness, but I will be conducting the experience, another three experiment, three or four more times just to make sure. We're in the middle of this social isolation state of mind, and I read this earlier this week that this state of mind is like having three solid days where you feel pretty well pretty well adjusted, and then suddenly you're, it's followed by a sudden unexpected dip of what we call almost like the hell zone, where you're just short, sort of off for the whole day, and life kind of, and time flows like you're wading through quicksand. And all this stuff that's coming against us is simply revealing what's inside of us. And we could keep pointing at situations. We could keep blaming the person we're sitting with right now. We could hide and escape from it, or we could deal with it. Because what we're experiencing uh, coming against us is simply exposing what's inside of us. And in this season, 
What if we changed our perspective from one of blaming that person or blaming the situation or hiding from what's going on? What if in this season of disruption, we saw it as an opportunity to move forward, an opportunity to grow forward, an opportunity and said, God, what might you be doing around us that could change and shift what's happening inside of us? What would it look like to deal with what's really going on instead of avoiding it or blaming? No more blaming, no more running, no more escaping, no more justifying. One of Jesus' followers, John, wrote about a time where Jesus talked about this and and. Just to be clear, when we talk about Jesus, we're not talking about and listening to what he says simply because he's a good teacher, although he was that. We're not doing it because there's a book written about him called the Bible that has literally changed and shaped Western civilization for thousands of years, although it's done that. As a Christ follower, we follow and listen to Jesus because of one simple fact. He, he prophesied or predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection and then he did it. He rose from the grave. And that's why we follow Jesus. And it's historically verified on so many levels that we follow the one who has the power to overcome death, hell, and the grave. And that's why we follow him. And so when he preaches or when he talks, I'm going to go with what he says. And he says this in John chapter 15, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, he says again. You are the branches. That's you, that's me, that's everyone who follows Jesus. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Not some, not, we can do nothing of any eternal value or impact apart from Jesus. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Its branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Pruned. In this analogy, now I know that uh, I, we grew up with a garden, and but we never had grapes. We had uh, so much vegetable garden that we had to do, and part of our duties as kids was we had to weed so much every day before we went off to go to the lake or whatever we were going to do that day. And and I hated a garden, but as I grew older and when I had my own house and I wanted to save money, I loved having a garden. We never had grapes, so and grapes are incredibly important. And in the, in the Bible, they're spoken of more than any other plant. And they represent so much. And grape is a fruit that can be eaten. It can be dried for raisins. Because who doesn't love rum and raisin ice cream? It's the best ice cream that there is. It can be pressed for wine. It can be made into vinegar. The grape leaves are used in some Middle Eastern countries to for eating with recipes. And wine was also often mixed with stale well water to make it drinkable. And so it was an incredibly important uh, fruit or vine in that time period that Jesus was speaking to. But not a lot of us have grapevines. I know a few of you that do. Not many of us, though, 
do, but maybe you've gone on a tour of a vineyard in the Napa Valley in California or in the Okanagan Valley. Maybe you have uh, some grapes in your cupboard or in your fridge, I mean. Maybe some of you have some that have been transformed into wine in a special cupboard in your house. But most of us really don't have a full understanding of what it means to be caring for grapevines and to get the most. And in this analogy, there are three characters. Father God is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. And we, those that follow him, are branches. There's three main characters. There's two main actions. Pruning. You have this. Pruner. This is what I had for a long time when we had uh, not grapevines, but we had rose bushes that needed pruning every year. You can be two main actions, pruning and abiding. The gardener will prune back dead wood and throw it away, uh, wood that no longer is productive, and he will also cut back the fruit or the, the branches that are fruitful and the branches remain. So there's three characters, two main actions and one main purpose. The purpose of the vineyard, the purpose of the vine is to produce fruit. It's not to have beautiful leaves. It's not just to uh, grow great branches. The purpose of the fruit or of the whole thing is to produce fruit. Herein is Jesus glorified that we produce fruit fruit in our life and the fruit that's coming out of many of us in this season is an opportunity for us to recognize that we need to see some change in the fruit in our life it's not just how we do it but with God's help we can move forward the branches of the grapevine are pruned more aggressively than any other uh, fruit tree or fruit uh, or any other crop one great researcher says this that home grape pruners don't prune enough when gardeners prune, they should remove the majority of the wood, cutting back up to 90% of what produced fruit in another season. And why so much pruning? Why do they cut back so much? And here's the secret, because grapevines only produce fruit on one-year-old wood. Anything that's older, anything that's been from the past, no longer produces. It simply brings leaves. And in fact, if you don't prune enough those leaves shade the fruit that's trying to grow and it doesn't ripen enough and so the primary goal of pruning is to maximize the amount of one-year-old wood keeping the, fr the vine fresh keeping the vine full of life so that it produces even more fruit so it removes all the old wood and removes uh, everything that would hinder the fruit coming out and it struck it secondly it also because Left to its own devices, a grapevine grows to a dense mass of mostly older wood, which leads to poor air circulation and encourages uh, disease in the grapes. I was, uh, just this week, I was with my parents and they're at uh, a place where they live right now and, and there's a grapevine that was at the back of the property and it had been overgrown for many, many years, maybe a, a decade since it had been pruned. And the amount of, of, uh, of branches that were cut off there was just incredible. Some of them maybe 30 and 40 and 50 feet long. And they were incredibly uh, impressive in their length, but they were, had ceased producing fruit. And so that's what pruning does. A structured and a pruned vine increases the quantity of the fruit and increases the quality of the fruit. So all this story is about is that God desires for our life 
to increase in fruitfulness and increase in quality. So everything that God is doing is so that we can be what we're called to be and do what we're called to do. All the pruning that God wants to do in our life, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, is so that you can be fruitful in the next season. And the pruning happens, get this, pruning happens in seasons where nothing seems to be happening. It happens in the winter season. It happens in a season where it feels like nothing positive is moving on. It's just uh, a dormant branch. But it's in that season that the pruning begins and it happens so that we can be more fruitful, so that there could be more joy in our life, so that there could be more uh, love in our life, there could be more peace in our life, that the fruit of God could come out of our life, and not only the fruit of God can come in our life, but that the power of God could flow through our life, that we could be more like Jesus, that we would lay hands on the sick and see powerful things happen, that we would stand and do what nobody else can do because the power of God is in us, that we would move with strength and courage courage that is supernatural because Jesus is in us and this story reminds us that the gardener is a good father the image of the gardener so when the gardener comes with his shears he's not coming to destroy anything he's not coming when he puts that pressure on and cuts off what has been maybe good in another season he comes to cut off what was once very productive and removes what's dead he's coming because he wants to see the fruitfulness of that vine come into life everything that God does in your life in this season is to bring out the best of you to bring out what you're called to be. Everything that God is doing, he's seeing you, he's watching you, he's moving on your behalf. Everything that he's doing in your life is for your good and for his glory right now, if we will embrace it. And God uses two primary tools to prune our lives. Two primary tools and to bring us into fruitfulness because the purpose of pruning is to bring fruitfulness to the vine. The purpose of pruning in your life is to bring fruitfulness in your life. The first tool is his word. Jesus said, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And that's not just a one-time thing, but it's an ongoing thing as we allow the word of God to shape us, to challenge the sin in us, to spur us on to holiness in our life to bring courage to us to bring perspective to us that the word of God would help to shape us and to prune off what is not healthy in us to remove what's not good in us the word of God in fact in Ephesians 5 and 26 it says that the word of God cleanses us it removes things from us because we're we're not aware always of what's in our life that needs to get removed from our life but the word of God is quick but the word of God is powerful the word of God can prune out of our life what is robbing the fruitfulness what is destroying our relationships what's bringing pain what's not being dealt with in our life that the word of God would come the first pruner is the word of God the second tool of pruning is the one that we are going through right now all at the same time it's when we come into trial it's when we come into trouble it's when we come into difficulty it's when we come into pressure all those things are being used of God not all of them are caused by God but God uses everything to help shape you to help prune you to set you up for what's coming for you first Peter 5 and 10 says that the God of all grace 
after you have suffered a little while, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, will make you strong, will make you firm, will make you steadfast. Because the pain of God's pruning is always moving you toward the power of your purpose. The pain of God's pruning is always moving you toward the power of your purpose. God is not going at it haphazardly. He doesn't, it's not that he doesn't know what he's doing. And when he comes to prune in our life, it's so that you can be set up for a better future. He wants to remove some things that have controlled us for far too long, that have dictated the pace of our life, that have been uh, growing up and, and cluttering our life and say, I want to get rid of some things so that I can move you into the power of your future. Pruning, the tool of his word, the tool of trials. And it's all for this purpose. The purpose of it all is so that you can bear fruit and bear even more fruit. Now, there are uses for grape leaves. You can... Uh, if you go to the Jerusalem Grill here in town or someplace like that, or, or maybe uh, New York, New York, another restaurant that's nearby, you can get this. I forget what it's called, but it's a food that's wrapped in grape leaves. Uh, my wife will probably comment online and tell me what it was if, as if she was sitting here in the room. But the purpose is not just for grape leaves. People don't raise grapevines to look at pretty leaves. They take the trouble to cultivate, to plant, to water, to prune so that there can be fruit, fruit that will feed people, fruit that will last, fruit that will give refreshment to people, that God would do something in your life. The potential is all there in the vine, but if it doesn't undergrow pruning, it will stay only at potential. Potential is a wonderful thing, and we all have potential in our life. All of us do. We have the potential for, for a better future. I have the potential to lose 20 pounds, but if I want the potential to become the reality of my life, I have to do something differently. God wants to turn your potential into power. God wants to turn your potential into power. All of us have potential. You have the potential to start a new business that you've maybe thought of for a long time. And in this disruption, maybe God would give you an idea of something new and fresh. You have the potential for a healthy and strong marriage. And maybe right now you're in a season where that's being pressed more than ever. You have the potential, but if you will embrace God's pruning in that marriage, then you can come out with strength and power. You've been able to run from it for a long time, but it's coming right right at you right now. You might have the potential of, of moving in great uh, kindness and, and peace in your life. And you've never dealt with the underlying issues that cause the anxiety, that cause the fear. This is the season to allow the pruning to happen so that the fruit that God intends for your life can come through your life. That the potential of God that's in you can come out as power through you. We all have potential, but I don't want to live in potential and go through all this experience, whether it's for six months or 12 months or however long it is. I want to go through and say, God, I'm going to come out in this season. I'm going to allow you to prune so that I will come out with power, that I will not just come out and say, well, there was so much potential, but I missed it. I, I let it go past me. I let it move beyond me. But that in this season, allow the pruning of God to come into your life. What does that even mean, the pruning of God? I'll just use the, what the scripture talks about, the, the pruning. 
removes what was good in the past so that there's room for what's coming in the future. Pruning focuses you. Sometimes we look back at what was, maybe some good things that happened and ways that our life has worked and it's good things and many, and it's been healthy and strong and it produced fruit in a different one season. But if you continue to live on what was in our life, in our relationship with God, we, it will get stale. It will get old. And some of you are right now discovering in this season of pressure that the relationship with God that you thought you had has, been, has grown stale, has grown like old and dead. And it's time to allow God to come and prune and say, it's time to come alive in new areas. It's time to remove some old ways. It's time to remove some old habits. It's time to remove all this stuff. And what's happening in this season, we're realizing that a lot of the things that we have had in our life are not necessary for our life. We've been so, so busy. And in this season, you're recognizing that some of the things that you thought were so important are really not that important. And in fact, they may be hindering the vital life, the fruitfulness that God desires out of your life. Watching this, doing this, running after this, working at this, kids in four sports. I don't know what it is, but would you allow, what would you say uh, would would be a good thing that needs to come out of your life so you can have the God things. Pruning focuses the energy of God, the vine, the energy of the vine, so that there can be even more fruit. It's not that there, you say, well, why am I going through this pruning? Pruning is not always because you've done something wrong. In fact, pruning is often because there's been good fruit and God wants to bring the potential that's in you to bear even more fruit out of you. You're not being punished and like excessive foliage and so much of our energy goes to doing all kinds of things that are really not helping us move our life focus. And we can get so focused on what God wants us to let go of that we don't see God's perspective of what he wants us to grow into. We're focused on what's going and God wants us to be focused on growing. And that was that in this season, we will allow and invite the pruning of God to focus us again. Not only does pruning focus us, pruning heals us. What do you mean, Greg? Well, when they prune, they remove the dead wood of what was once fruitful, but has gotten dead. And when it's dead wood, it allows disease and fungus and bugs to come and attack the vine. When you remove the dead wood of what was so that you can move into what is. What dead things in your life need to go? Resentment? Bitterness? Unforgiveness? Undealt with pain? Disappointment? Bad thinking? anxiety, anger? What's going on that you would say, God, that's not just a thing that happens. It's dead wood in my vine and it needs to go. Will you cut it out of my life? And instead of looking at what is being lost, look at what God's doing. He can cut off what has been controlling you. He can cut off what's been dictating your response. He can cut off what's been destroying your marriage. And when we allow God to cut it off once for all, that instead of a year after year, everything never moving forward in your life, this is an opportunity season to grab a hold of what God's doing and say, God, would you prune me afresh? Would you remove 
remove the dead things in my life that I've held on to for far too long that are destroying what you want in my life? What dead things need to go? What has hindered you for far too long? What has just been simple weight that needs to be let go of your life? Because pruning will open up the plant to the refreshing breeze and the fruit up to the sun. And what a beautiful picture. When we allow God to prune us, the wind of Holy Spirit can begin to flow into areas that were dead. And then areas that were dead suddenly begin to burst forth with new life. As we allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to come, as we allow the sun of God's and the warmth of God's presence, he begins to ripen areas in our life that we thought were far too far gone, that we thought were impossible. And you might be saying, well, Pastor, I've let that, there's so much, so many things in my life. I don't even know where to begin. That's why God's the pruner. We invite him in and at the right time and at the right pace, he begins to remove things in our life. But let me tell you this at the same time, that God can do so quickly in you what you have thought that would never be able to be moved. That the miracle working power of God, when he begins to remove something from you, he gives you the grace for it as well. And this is a beautiful thing of pruning of grapes. Even if they've been neglected for a couple of seasons, two, three, four seasons, and it's just overgrown mass, when they prune it back to how it's supposed to be pruned, in one season, fruit begins to come. And that's what God can begin to do in your life. When you invite him to remove some of the dead things, even some of the things that used to be fruitful, in one season, God can begin to bring fruitfulness in your life. In what is a dormant season, allowing God to do something new in your life. Allow him to cut off something that has held you back for far too long so that God could turn your potential into power in your life. That no more will you look at, well, I wished I could have. I, I hoped I would by now. But let this be a season that prepares you for your future. How can you respond? Three characters, two actions, one purpose. That first action was pruning. It's done in that season of dormancy when nothing seems to be happening, where you simply say, God, I cooperate with you. I invite you to prune out of me what has hindered me. The second action very quickly was abiding or remaining. And that's where the vine Jesus begins to flow through our life because there's less distraction, there's less dead wood, and suddenly the, the, the very presence of God can begin to flow in your life in a new and a fresh way so that God can begin to bring fruitfulness in your life. And you abide in, what does that mean? Simply back to the basics again of what we've been talking about, where we become people of the word again. We become people of prayer again, not just prayer to God, but listening prayer from God. If you have, if you want to grow in that, we have a great group that I lead. It's not why it's great. The content is great uh, called Hearing God. You can sign up for that uh, as well. Just getting into places of the word, places of prayer, places of worship, where the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we are thankful, when we are grateful to God, then God begins to come in in a special and a significant way. First action is pruning. Second action was abiding. But the purpose is fruitfulness. That in the next season, you might be going through pruning right now, but the next season is all about fruit. And if you will allow, if we will allow God to prune, then the abiding presence of Jesus can flow through us and produce fruit in us. This time of slower, this time of isolation, this time of change, this time of pressure, this time of no fun that we're experiencing, anger, all these things 
are an opportunity to set ourselves up for one of the best seasons of your life. I really believe that. That if we will allow God to deal with our life, the rest of our life could be the best of our life. That the rest of our life could be the best of our life. When we allow God to deal with the issues with our spouse and we come at them head on together and say, we're going to get through this. We're going to allow God to prune this thing out of us. Or we deal with the unforgiveness once and for all. Or we reconcile with that son or daughter that we've been estranged from over something that in the grand scheme of things is simply not that important. Where we take the first step to be reconcilers. Or we face the root of our anxiety. Or we Say, I'm going to deal with that pain that nobody knows about. I'm going to allow God to come and heal me of my shame and invite God to do it and, and call a pastor. I'm going to reach out and join a group because what you do in this season is setting you up for the next season. You are preparing now for a season you are not yet in. So prepare well. Invite God to prune you. Invite God to remove some things that need to be removed and learn how to abide in a fresh way so that we don't have to keep making excuses of what's coming out of us, but we can say, God is working in me. And the beautiful thing is because God is the gardener, we can trust that what he's doing is good. In Romans 8, it says, we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God. God is working in the middle of everything that's going on. He wants to work in your life. As you allow him to, he's going to bring things into order. He's going to bring things into new fruitfulness. He's working it all together for your good and for his glory. Genesis 50 and verse 20, uh, uh, the man who wrote this had been through an incredibly difficult time where the people closest to him had betrayed him. And he said this to them at the end of it all. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Everything that's been going on in your life, God is the one who can turn it around. God is the one who can begin to bring you into fruitfulness. God is the one that can turn pain into power. God is the one who can turn your defeat into victory. God is the one who can bring you through. God is the one who can deal with all the stuff that you've been going through and bring you through into a fresh season of fruitfulness, a fresh season of life, a fresh season of hope. So don't waste the season that we're in. Allow God, invite God to bring his pruning to our lives, to remove things that were, to remove things that have been long dead and come into a fresh season of abiding in him, in prayer, in worship, and in, in the word and say, God, would you shape and do something new in my life? Cut off what's been hindering me. Cut off old patterns. Cut off old thinking. Cut off old ways that I've been. If you're saying this morning with me and you're a follower of Jesus, you're saying, Craig, I'm raising my hand or I'm saying, that's me. I want God to prune off of me everything that's hindering me. I want God to bring me into a fresh season. I I'm choosing to trust God today. If that's you, raise your hand. Say, that's me. Do something to tell everybody else on the feed that, that you're including yourself in this next season, in this season right now, to allow the pruning of God so that you can experience the power of of God. Is that you? Is that you? Is that your family? Is that your business? Is that what God's doing in you? Allow the pruning of God so that the potential that's in you can come out as power in this next season that we're going to come in and go out of and know that God can do it quickly. 
God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or even imagine. If you think it's impossible, it's not impossible with God. What's impossible with men, what's been impossible for you becomes impossible, becomes possible with our God. But maybe you're realizing that you have never experienced the power of God in you because you know about God, but you don't know God. And it says that those that abide in me bear much fruit. In other words, there has to be a connection to God. You can't just know about God, but you have to come to know God. And it's simply ABC. Acknowledge that you're a sinner separated from God. Believe that Jesus came and died and was buried and rose again so that you could be reconciled to God and say, confess, I'm a sinner and I want to be made right with God. Acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Believe that Jesus came. Confess that he is Lord of your life. And you can be joined to God and begin to experience the life that God has intended for you. You will not walk through another valley alone. You will not go through this time of testing without coming through winning. You will not go through. You can look at eternity without fear because God is preparing a way for you through Jesus. And if you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, if you've never, if you never have done that and you're not sure you're right with God, I want to invite you to pray with me in a moment. I want to pray simply there's something out of your own heart and your own mind that, Lord, I ask you to be merciful to me, a sinner, and invite Jesus to begin to lead your life. That's you. If you're feeling and sensing something, if you've never done that before, do that today and go to horizonfam.ca, click on connect and let us know. We want to help you in this new season that God is moving in your life. And I also want to pray for you that for all of us that are under the pruning right now. I want to pray that there would be hope that would arise in you. I'm praying right now that God would begin to encourage you and strengthen you in the middle of the pruning, that he will give you the strength to remain in the middle of it all, that you will keep your eye on the prize that God is bringing you through to bring you forward with much fruit, that your potential will become power, that you will hang in there as Hebrews says that you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of of God. You will receive what he has promised for you. Persevere in this season. Don't hold back. Don't shrink back, but lean in and allow the pruning of God to happen so that the fresh abiding power of Jesus can flow in your life. And maybe it's very, very simple to begin that process. If you haven't been regular in your Bible, it's time to get into the Bible again. It's time to get into prayer again. The easiest way and the most supportive way you can do that is to join a group. Go to horizonfam.ca and click on groups and join a group. Find one. You don't have to know the person like your best friend. This is an opportunity to allow the pruning of God to happen in your life, to stop talking about it, to stop it being potential, but allow it to begin to be experienced in your life in a powerful way so go to horizon fam click on groups and i'm going to pray and then we're going to close out our service and we'll see you uh, through the rest of this week god we welcome you we thank you for your power thank you that in this pressing time in this pruning time that it's not haphazard that you know what's going on that you're bringing fruitfulness out of us lord that you're cutting away what is not necessary from a past season that you're cutting away dead things in our life Thank you, Lord. We invite you to do it and bring forth much fruit in our family. Bring forth much fruit in everyone that's listening. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. And amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.